Welcome to Tucson New Thought. You ready for another dot? Yeah. Yeah. We can build a beautiful city. What if that city is a, a mental city? As we build our mental city, we are connecting those dots. We are creating those new neural pathways. That is ultimately what I believe that song is about. You know, it's formed as a metaphor in the world of the relative, in the world of, the, of circumstance. But it's about knowing who we are, remembering who we are, which is one of the primary messages of this ministry. Remember who you are. Part of that is to engage in the practice on a consistent basis to such a degree that you are creating those new habits, those new habits in mind. Ernest Holmes writes this. If we make every day a day of praise and thanksgiving, a day in which we recognize the divine bounty and the eternal goodness, and if we live today as though God were not only, were, were, easy for me to say, and if we live today as though God were the only presence and the only power there is, we would not have to worry about tomorrow. You know, you may have, no you may have noticed uh, in, my, in my prayer, in my spiritual mind treatment earlier, I said, irrespective of anything that has preceded this moment and letting go of anything that we anticipate to come, we are here in this moment. And what is important about living in this moment is deepening into this understanding of the truth of who we are. Because when we really get that, everything else takes care of itself. All of it, 100% of it. And it is, for many people, myself included, not an easy thing to embody. But I keep working at it, and I do so publicly <laughs> every single week. We get up here as ministers and we say, this is the answer, and we are working to demonstrate that answer in a public way so that you are learning from our example, which is what Jesus was here to do, to not be the exception, but to be the example. That's the truth. That's the truth. We teach, we teach prayer in this philosophy in five steps. And I've gone over these steps, I'm just very quickly. Uh, uh, recognition, unification, uh, declaration, gratitude, and release. If you want to know about what all those steps mean, uh, come to class when I teach a class. Uh, or you can ask me after today's celebration. But what I want to talk about is we, we start with recognition. And the recognition is this. God is all there is. Spirit is all there is. Source is all there is. There is nothing else that exists. Nothing. And I can logically make sense of this with this understanding. If we teach that God is infinite, and that is what we teach, to think that there is anything separate from God would mean that God is finite. That's logic. That's just logic. So if God is infinite, that means that each and every one of us is that source expressing as us. 
there's absolutely no separation. That's step number two, unification. I'm not going to go into the other three steps right now because ultimately what I want to get to is this. If we can habitualize the idea of that first step that God is all there is, if that becomes our habit, then like Ernest Holmes says, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. Everything else takes care of itself when we know who we are. <laughs> we are in a consistent state of creative flow. Create, the, creative, the creative nature never ceases. It is constantly flowing forth, constantly. And the work we do here is the work of developing the technique to understand both that we are that source and we get to direct that flow in whatever way suits us. That's the work we are doing here. That is what spiritual practice is all about. And it is very important to me that we have a practical path to experience spiritual practice, to engage in spiritual practice so that we can direct that flow and create the lives that we would like to experience. Those lives are not created by changing the thing out there. Those lives are created by changing that which is here. A major aspect to that direction is thanks living. Yes, thanks living. And today is all about the active path of thanks living. It is an active path. To live each day in gratitude changes life. If I said nothing else today and you walked away with just that, I would have done my job. If, I, if you walked away today embodying that notion, I would have done my job today. So here's what I want to ask, rhetorical. You, those who are here for the first time will hear a chuckle because it's not always clear if I'm asking a rhetorical question or not. So I would like us to simply alleviate any notion of anything that is in our mind for the moment. Just let it go. Don't work too hard to let it go. Just let go of whatever's in your mind. And I'm going to ask you this question. And I just want you to get in touch right here and right now with the first thing that comes up for you. So as we release whatever it is in our mind and, al and allow this question, what is it I want to build in my life? So for whatever has come up for you, and it may be something that you need to ruminate on, if nothing came up for you, that's okay. <coughs> you get to carry this question with you. And sometimes there's great benefit to living the question, to allowing that question to be alive as part of our experience. Just allow ourselves to live the question. In that question, what is it I intend to build in my life? If the building of our lives happens only in the here and now, why are we so worried about tomorrow? How many of us worry about tomorrow? That is a, yeah, how many of us are worried about tomorrow? <laughs> I have a bit of advice for you. Let it go. <laughs> You're here. This is it. This is it. 
Why not let us, why not let ourselves build what we want to build mentally right here and right now and live in that place of faith that what we build here and now shows up in our experience. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go against something you said. You said it takes the work and it took me this time to get there until it showed up in my life. And that is absolutely true unless it's not. Because the only thing that allows it to take time is our decision that these kinds of changes need to take time. That's it. That's it. So if you are looking for change in your life, you can embody that change right here, right now, and have it show up right here and right now, not have to work at it, not have to connect the dots. But if that's where you are, honor that and go with it. <laughs> because that is okay. I'm not here to say, oh, well, if you haven't figured it out, well, huh. <laughs> no, because trust me, it took me years to connect the dots. I'm still connecting the dots in a lot of aspects of my life. But there's one thing that I am assured of that I live every single day, and that is that I am the expression of love, and that is all I experience when I look out and see other people, that each and every one of us is that source energy love in form. And when I know this, well, that puts us all into an equal playing field because there can be no greater or lesser in that paradigm because all there is is source, and that is who and what we are. I always say to be able to stand up, and if you, if, if, if you, well, many of you will have heard me say this before. If we are able to stand firmly rooted in our truth and make the claim, I am God and so are you, that is the equalizer. Because I don't say I am God with the notion that I dominate. No, it is a deep recognition to say, I know the truth about you. I know the truth about this nature, this thing called life. Now I hear all around me frequently, I've even expressed it myself, dissatisfaction. <laughs> oh, I talked about this a little bit in the first service. There's, I have, I've, I've heard people talk about dissatisfaction with where they are in their life. I hear people talk about dissatisfaction with their friends and their, their relatives and their loved ones. They're just dissatisfied on some level. There's something that isn't quite right. They feel dissatisfaction. <clears throat> and I'm not going to get into the political debate, but there's some dissatisfaction with government. It's neither left nor right, but there's dissatisfaction that is pervading our culture right now, right? Yeah. There is dissatisfaction. Here's what I rarely hear in response to dissatisfaction. This is what I rarely hear. I am the point where that dissatisfaction heals itself. I am the change. It seems easier to live in the complaints. It seems easier to live in the blame. These are things that we are socialized to do. But as, uh, but <laughs> see, I'm having this little, I, I will admit, I'm having a little bit of a, of, a, of a moment because I want to reference what I talked about last week, uh, but I was not here in this physical space last week, and not necessarily all of you were in the space where I was last week. Um, but I, you know, I talked last week about this notion that the, the growth of the New Thought philosophy uh, was a rebellion to the dogma and the doctrine and the creeds that existed. And, 
I think it's really important that we look at what have we created as those habitual concepts within new thought that become doctrine and dogma and creeds. And are we in a willingness right here and right now to buck the trend and be in rebellion against those so that we can step into our own personal evolution? That takes the willingness to step forth and say, I am the change. So if we are dissatisfied in any way in our life, our work is to say, I am the change I seek. That's where it starts. And then you go deeper. If I am the change, what does that mean? You come up with an idea about what that means and you deepen into that idea. Something else will come up from that notion, that seed that goes even deeper and deeper and deeper. And what you will find is that the core of it all is one thing and one thing only, source. We don't have to be resigned to live in blame. We don't have to be resigned to live in dissatisfaction. And we must cease expressing that blame as though it's somebody else's issue. Because that's another thing that we are socialized to do. What I have come to discover in my life is that if I am in conflict with another person in any way, if I find myself in a place of conflict with another person in any way, it is a reflection of the inner conflict that I have with myself on some level. And the result, the resolve, is not to try to fix the thing out there with the other person. It is to fix what is in mind first and foremost. And when I do that, that takes care of itself. And here are a couple ways that it takes care of itself. You either come to a place of resolution where you can embrace each other and say, ah, oh, I understand. I remember who you are. Sometimes, because it is a two-way street and we are a mirror to that person, that person may go, mm, not there yet in my own mind, but here's what happens. If you are resolved in your own mind and that person is not resolved in their mind, they're going to drift away from your experience. And that's okay. That is okay. It's hard because people don't ever want to like, we just want to love everybody, want to embrace everybody. Ministers are, ministers all the time want to bring everyone into the fold. The greatest lesson I've learned in ministry is that I will never bring everyone into the fold. I will bring those who are in alignment with my state of consciousness. And those who are not in alignment with that state of consciousness will find those with whom they are in alignment. And that's okay. But boy, when I was a young minister, I mean, I am a young minister. Let's just be really clear. <laughs> I know that Logan likes to call me an elder. I am a young, I've been a minister for seven years. Se actually eight years. I've been a minister for eight years. I've, only eight years. But I think about where I've come to in that time and my own personal spiritual growth. I am so grateful for all the lessons that I learned early on that have brought me to the place of understanding I don't need to please everyone. Right. You can't. And I will never please everyone. And it's hard also for spiritual communities because... <laughs> all right. <laughs> because members of my board are in the room. <laughs> 
board members, they want the minister to appeal to everyone because they want to bring in the people. They want to bring in the numbers. They want to quantify the spiritual experience. And that is okay, except that that's not what my, that's not what my goal is. My goal is to qualify the spiritual experience to be the best expression of love and light that I can be, and I will attract the right and perfect people into my, into my sphere. And it's not just ministry. This is true for each and every one of us because we are each and every one of us living a personal ministry. So as we become habitualized into the truth of who we are, we bring into our sphere those who are in alignment with that. So the work is always, always, always about us. What I get to decide in my life comes down to a, a, a notion that, that I actually learned in my years in theater. Uh, it was a great life lesson, and it is a tacit life lesson in theater, because theater was my religion for a long time. One of the lessons I learned is that I can take any script, I can take any script that exists, and I can make it either a comedy or a tragedy based on my point of view. <laughs> What choice am I making today? What choice am I making today? The actor in the approach to the script needs to understand their point of view around that script in alignment with what the director is saying. So if the director is the infinite source, <laughs> and I guarantee you, in theater, the director is the infinite source. Because they always have the answer. <laughs> So if I'm allowing myself to be in alignment with the infinite source, understanding my point of view about the script of my life, then I choose whether I'm living a comedy or a tragedy. In life, we would do well to explore and understand those points of view. It takes work. Oh. So what approach are you taking with the script of your life? Are you living a comedy or are you living a tragedy? Because you're the one who decides how that story is going to unfold and continue. You get to decide. I'm going to remind you of this quote. If we make every day a day of praise and thanksgiving, a day in which we recognize the divine bounty and the eternal goodness, and if we live today as though God were the only presence and the only power there is, we would not have to worry about tomorrow. <sighs> I feel like I should go lay on a beach. <laughs> the mind is working all the time. The mind is working all the time, creating habits. Now, again, it is no mistake. That a lot of what you talk about is today is about habit. And of course, it is reflected in what I had to say today. Because the universe is always working perfectly. Because I draw into my sphere exactly what is required for my experience of life that day. See, I get to just be the demonstration right in front of you. <laughs> the brain, so the mind is working all the time, right? The brain, the physical brain is a tool of mind. 
It's like a radio station. Well, it's actually not like the station. The infinite is the station. The brain is like the receptor, right? It is the receptor. And as we utilize what we are taking in, we are creating those new neural pathways. You didn't know I was going to talk about neural pathways today, did you? We create new habits. So here's the thing. If we do not make a practice of gratitude, the mind will not register it and the brain will not create the neural pathway that is in alignment with gratitude. Today is all about, now there are lots of ways you can utilize the brain as the tool of mind. Today, what I want to leave you with is this. I want us all to more deeply create neural pathways of gratitude because that's what this month is all about. To be a, in a life of thanks living, we must create those neural pathways. And if you think, oh, I've done the work, there's more work to be done. Because it always goes deeper, because the spirit is infinite. It's unceasing. So if you're ready, <laughs> yeah, right? There is going to be that. So those who are new to this center, uh, one thing I do in my talks every week is I determine what I would like to be the homework for that week. I will always remind you, it is your decision whether or not you actually do the homework, but I'm going to encourage it. This homework is not just one week. This homework is three weeks. 21 days because there is suggestion that it takes 21 days to create a new neural pathway, right? So what I would like you to do, take one and pass it along, super easy, oh, actually I should, I should hold one. If you're watching online, you don't need the piece of paper because I'm gonna explain what this is. So create your own piece of paper. <laughs> the piece of paper that is going around is something that I would like you to keep on your bedside table. And either every night before you go to bed, which is going to be my primary suggestion, or the first thing when you wake up, I would like you to very simply write down three things for which you are grateful. It doesn't have to be a novel. It can be one word. You can repeat day to day. That's okay. But I want you to do the actual, actual physical act of writing it down for this purpose, because that activity in the physical world affects the physical form of the brain, which is in alignment with the mental cause, and that is helping to create those neural pathways. As you write it down, now the reason I'm suggesting you do it before you go to bed is because if this is the last thing that you put your mind on when you go into your dream state, you're actually activating the subconscious to root yourself in that new paradigm. But you can do it when you get up. You get to decide. I want you to do this every day for 21 days. Now the other thing about the homework is I rarely, rarely, rarely follow up but I may put a little note in my phone that says follow up with a 21 day gratitude and see what has unfolded. So don't be surprised if on December, whatever that is, I think it's the, I don't know, uh, whatever, that, whatever that Sunday is, don't be surprised if I follow up. 
So does that sound like some good practical work to be done? Yes. Yes. Because there, we are nothing if not practical in this philosophy and the degree to which we engage in a practical way is the degree to which we actually use the tools to change our lives. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.